and then we'll do a clap sync in three, two, one. Yeah, essentially, I think like my body had been guarding me against Deadly Premonition all these weeks that we've been playing mm. it. And then when we finally finished the game, my, you know, immune system was like, all right, we can let go now. Finally collapse. <laughs> and like, boom. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I got it. It's like finals, you know? It's like the second finals mm -hmm. are done. You're just like, you're fucked. Like mm -hmm. the sickness yeah. is hitting you. you if, totally if not before, but certainly after. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That is such an unfortunate, like, true phenomenon that happens, like, when, whenever you get, like, a vacation after a really stressful period, like, you're just sick for the vacation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, thanks. That's what I wanted. I mean, in a way, it's like, I guess it's better than being sick during the prime time, but it does suck that now here's the vacation yeah, time. Yeah, I felt that way maybe in college when, like, you had to get through finals and you needed to do stuff, but now that I'm a working adult, I would way rather be sick during my working time than during my vacation time. Being yeah. sick over your vacation is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Get paid yeah. to be sick. Yeah. Like, I mean, vacation is precious. If I get sick over my vacation, I want a different vacation. Yeah. You're here. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, I, I do agree with that. However, I will just say, like, there is another pattern that sort of, like, goes on in parallel that sort of, like, messes with this pattern and sort of the data here because... Uh, under all conditions i want another vacation i've never <laughs> another vacation and it's like i can point at things as to why i want it but it's like there's never not been something to point to you know bad vacation fuck i want another vacation for it to be good good, good vacation? vacation i yeah. want another good vacation it'd be great right now okay i understand what you're saying there that makes yeah, sense. yeah yeah I'm, I'm, you know so i'm just saying like there's that too yeah well we started playing Deadly Premonition on vacation. That's true. That's true. And it's been half a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, it's I we like started playing this game here uh, at this place, this very place that I am at. Um, so I can say here uh, over December. And then we were like sort of came to the realization we may not be able to play all of this game in person. And we're sort of looking and we're like, we could not sleep <laughs> and just like YOLO go at this and not go outside and not walk and not do anything healthy and maybe not record game of the year and maybe just not do anything and beat this. Or we could be we, kind to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. we could have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I do think there's something to be said about this is definitely a game I think that doesn't uh, do itself favors if you mainline it for hours on end. I think that's how insanity happens, actually. I think you can yeah. see it even with the small, not small, but not large, ultimately, bursts that we played this game in. At, at the end of nearly every recording, the sanity level was so low. It was like, <laughs> that's the bar that they didn't show, right? They have mm -hmm. hunger and then they have like tiredness, but where's sanity? Like, that, I needed that, that thing. Because I swear to God, we played, there was one section where it was like, it was the, it was the part, by the way, it's going to be spoilers for this game, which is like, we will essentially like spoil this game, but will you understand it? Or will these spoilers have anything to hang in, you know, like on the tree in your mind? Probably not. Ooh, um, good reference. Tree. Good, good, good reference. Ah, yes. <laughs> Upside down peace sign. You yeah. feel me? Mm -hmm. um, but there was like a sec section of this where like, it was... I think it was with fucking um, Emily running, right? With Casey and the dog, where we like did that and just, it was at the end of the play session and just 
I mean, we crashed and burned. Like, our sanity level was so low that we were starting to see, like, apparitions. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Like it's it's like uh in in dredge when you start to see like the eyeballs and stuff at sea and you're just getting like really freaked out. It was like that. And then the next time we come back and play it with like high sanity level and we like made it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Hi Gertie. Yeah. Sorry, we're dog sitting. Should I go? She'll figure it out in a minute. It's just dark. I think sometimes she like sees herself in the dark and she gets scared. Should we put her in the crate, do you think? Mm, let's let her Okay. <laughs> let's just let's just go with a yes on that one. She's not making a great case yeah. for herself. No, she's not. Here, I'll go handle that. You guys can you guys can handle. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Now I hear sirens in the background of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> now the cops are after me. What this beautiful ASMR we have going All on here. we have to wait for now is that one motorcycle guy outside of James's window to rev his engine, and then the Trinity is complete. Oh yeah, exactly. it's gonna happen. <laughs> I believe in that one guy. Um, yeah, so Deadly Premonition is um, is a game that came out. <laughs> it came out in 2012, right? 2010, 2010 actually. 2010, yeah. 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 14 years old. Can you believe it? Yes, I can yeah. believe it. It is. <laughs> yeah. I, it feels like it, yeah. yeah. It feels like it. But so it I, wasn't cutting edge at the time. There's literally no, no way that this was like, damn, no. look at those graphics. Like, holy this shit. This came out the same time as like, I mean, this came out after Bioshock. This came out, you know. Right, right. And this came out I after like Bioshock 2, right? Maybe. I forget when Bioshock 2 came out. That might have been a 2012 game. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Um, But I don't know. So like, I just kind of want to preface this by saying I wanted this whole crew to play Deadly Premonition for the longest time because as a connoisseur of janky games that are either gems or just coal, um, I just, I freaking love this game for its jank and its what the fuckness. And I wanted to share it collect, like share that experience collectively with these folks. And so I subjected them to this horror. Um, (laughs) Yes. And And, and would you not consider this to be, I think you had said at one point, this is like the king of janky games or something, the progenitor or like the original or something like this. Is that fair to say? Well, so I guess I, I call, I coined this as like the godfather of Mm. good, bad games. However, I do want to also caveat this with the fact that this is also historically one of the most divisive survival horror games ever to exist in the gaming sphere ever. Like, yeah, it is... I, I I'm legitimately it surprised at that. The Guinness Book of World Records for most polarizing survival horror game, which is the wow. most bizarre title. Like, I did not know the Guinness Book of World Records was cared about i, cared I think about you have to like pay that? to get into the guinness book of world records so like they'll put anybody in there yeah <laughs> so they did they put this in there as the most polarizing horror game of all time and i <laughs> wanted to say that i'm legitimately surprised about that because like i can only see one poll of opinion about this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly which is that it's hot Incredible. garbage yeah no. <laughs> yeah and james let me just say that I love your consistency here. I think if you had had any other opinion, I would have wondered if they had taken the James that I knew and <laughs> where did they put him? You know what I All mean? All those hit workouts <laughs> going to his brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he's starting to like love art in a different way like <laughs> right, exactly he's just losing sanity james just comes to the podcast going you know what the cat lady was a really good game and we'd be like what? james do you james. need a welfare check james are you being detained <laughs> James, blink yeah. twice. Wait, fuck, we can't see. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 just, just, just so we're clear, guys. I'm in my house right now. I do not have a gun to James's head right now. Like, just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, like the only re- like thing that's like good about this game is how garbage it is. Like, in, in yep. that, in that it's kind of like astonishing. Like, it's a little bit arresting. Uh, it's a little bit funny, but like it all stems from just being trash, you know, like, like the writing is some of the worst writing I've ever experienced. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I've experienced a lot of bad writing for well, games. So I for do this want podcast. to give a slight defense for the writing. And that is because this game is originally in Japanese and got translated into English. And I have a headcanon that the English translators looked at this game and just decided to give the most, like, half-assed translation job to this game ever. And yeah, that's that's what I'm going to die. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Which, like, maybe, I mean, I did. So I, I was looking into it a little bit today because I just became curious about this game and, like, how did this happen? Um, especially because, yeah, last night when we finished it, we watched, like, we let it roll the credits. Um and it is it's a completely japanese development team so it's clearly meant to be in japanese yeah um that said i mean the okay so the actual writing of like the dialogue lines is bad it's it's horrendous but also the writing of the plot is horrendous and that is indefensible in a translation way because the actual plot itself makes absolutely no sense and it hangs like there it's supposed to be a mystery it is a mystery game it's like a horror survival mystery game and but the mystery the is mi- like what the fuck they were smoking yeah <laughs> because yeah, there's no point where you can like follow the mystery and piece it together yourself you can take random guesses and hope that they are right, but there is like no like trail of a breadcrumbs that you are walking down that and you figure it out like, oh my God, it is going to be this. That is impossible in this game because the breadcrumbs are like, uh, like a stiletto, like half of a stiletto and like some fucking straw. And, and I don't and know. Like putting, one together, thing, yeah. putting together those breadcrumbs is like a mechanic in the game. Where you have to like yeah. watch the main character like piece together what's happening, but you none of it ever nonsense. makes any sense. It's like it's like oh, I figured this out by reading the script every single time. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> it's supposed but... to paint him as like a Sherlock Holmes esque genius, right? Because he's like, oh my god, you know, I took this like stiletto straw and like piece of paper and i figured out this entire sequence of events that happened to this woman who's just been murdered like that's what it's supposed to be and i think maybe you're supposed to look at that and be like wow francis york morgan is a genius no no one else could do that um but it really doesn't come off that way it comes (laughs) off so poorly yeah so okay fair and let me so let me just pause really quickly Mm -hmm. like 
for those at home listening, you know who you are. If that description of this doesn't make any fucking sense and you can't guess where it's going gets you off, this might be your sort of game. Oh, you're going to fucking Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and there are people like that out here, um, including potentially here as well. And it's just one of those things of, I actually do think it's whether or not, okay, and that's actually a really good question that we can't truly answer, especially when you hear stories of like, and Deadly Premonition 2, like lean too hard into the memes. It's like, you wonder like how much was intentional or not with this sort of, Mm -hmm. this first outing. Like, did it, did they intend for it to make sense more than they sort of pulled off? But a lot of the joy of this game, if you can find joy in this, is trying to understand what they were trying to do and then trying to see how far away they get, essentially, (laughs) from their execution. It's just being like, oh, I think they were going for interesting. Like, that's not really. And I think it's like when you say you can't follow it and you will never know what's coming around the corner. I think that is the sort of sell for someone who likes Mm -hmm. this type of game. Mm Mm-hmm is that you just have to take your hands off the reins. You know what I mean? And And I uh, just find this kind of game fascinating, to be honest. Um, Because to me, it's fascinating to me because I feel like as you play through the game, you watch in real time as someone is trying to execute on their ideas in the most heinously inappropriate fashion, (laughs) like in in Mm -hmm. ways... And you watch it just fail time and time again, and it keeps going. And then at some point, you just kind of like watch as like maybe even the developer throws up his hands being like, I don't know, Super Saiyan, why not? Like it just, (laughs) you kind of see like them give up on their own plot as well. And I just find this kind of, I just find it fascinating just with, I don't know, it's just one of those things where you really wish you could like be a fly on the wall during that development process, hear those meetings as they are discussing these sequences, and like just try to figure out like what the fuck the intention was. Yeah, and you know, listen, it, it shares a lot of qualities with masterpieces. Now, let me explain that for a second. As in, a lot of what you know about a masterpiece is that... press next to doubt like but but what i mean is that not in the sense of like they're both equally incredibly good but like one of the things that i love about masterpieces is that if they were not made by the person who made them then they would not have been made do you understand what i'm saying it's like that happens a lot for things not for everything but i think that happens a lot where you just wonder like damn like it's sort of like the you know if michael jordan hadn't been here who would have been michael jordan nobody else would have been michael jordan it's that sort of thing and it's like, it's it's that just in the like genre of terrible or something. Like it's like hard to like you have to flip your valences. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like it gets a little confusing. But you're sitting there going like, yeah, nobody was gonna fuck this up in this way, ever, and ever and ever did since and ever will again. You know, it's like even they couldn't do it again. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that's fucking nuts. Yeah. So there's that too of like, you've never played a game like this. You just haven't. You just haven't, and maybe that's because it's so atrocious, but we could play a lot of bad games. Like, we could filter Steam, you know, on bad or something, and um, you wouldn't find this. You'd find no. other You'd find shovelware. <clears throat> yeah. It's not shovelware. It's, it's, it's a giant question mark in game form. Like, how did you make this? How did you get money to make this? How did everyone say okay to this? And how... 
like you know it, it reminds me kind of of kojima right you know it's like where he did like death stranding but obviously mm-hmm. of course metal gear solid back in the day and it's just nuts dude it's out of control and it's just his particular brand of crazy weird like you know death stranding is all about like babies mm-hmm. and fucking tubes and shit and just like what the fuck is happening and you're sitting there and like at this point right he's like doing tv shows with people because they're like i don't know you're your unique brand of crazy is like our shit so please come work with us and it's like this is like a version of that but that is really bad you know what i mean (laughs) i do think that you're sort of onto something where like there is i think a thin line separating deadly premonition from something like death stranding or like a kojima game right like yeah and i do i did so i i took a trip down I, not memory lane, but I, I read a bunch of reviews of this game from 2010 today because That's I was so just fire. like, what the Can fuck? Can you imagine being a reviewer trying to approach <laughs> I mean, this just before all, the meme? I want to give a like... shout out to a couple of these. Some of, some people wrote some really fucking good reviews. And at some point I would like to like just read some of them out oh, loud to you do. because they're incredible. Because this has to be the hardest game ever to review. I mean... Mm-hmm. maybe not but it, it, this you know is a, the hardest game ever to review apparently really... was starfield but listen we okay. got that one well, fair enough. we nailed that we're uh, we're writing that for at least one more year i just want you all to know <laughs> for sure. but but basically they they were it was really interesting to read like major outlets and things like that because it was a really polarizing game when it came out even like you know big you know big name reviewers and big name outlets were like very divided on how to receive this game and there were some that would be like this is essentially art like this is art this is a great story this is <laughs> art we just don't understand it which i think is what a lot of people would argue for something like kojima mm-hmm. but or cat lady or cat lady but this to me is so clearly a swing and a miss at art but i wonder kind of like zoe was saying i think it'd be really fascinating to like be able to like really sit down with sweary and be like when you were making this, did you think that you were Kojima or did you know that this was trash? <laughs> like, which way did it Dude. go? Because I, I just, I, it's really hard to tell with this game what they thought they were making. Did the answer to that will only be published in the safe that gets unlocked on Ditsweri's death? You know what I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's deathbed <laughs> confession material, maybe. Yeah. I, West yeah. will and testament. I think that he was convinced that he was a genius up until, like, near the end when shit started coming into place. <laughs> he was like, oh, God, I've created a monster. I, I actually, okay, wait, 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 wait. I, I think, James, that was, that was it right there. I think that, I think I agree, like, 100% with what you just said in the sense of, like, in all of the creation of this and all of the storyboarding and all of the putting it together and all of the everything, it was like, I'm a fucking genius. And then it was like watching the execution and i'm sure they were like "Ooh, <laughs> like like because this is like it's unmistakably ooh at times when it comes to execution there's just no doubt about it and it's from an era of games that just had a level of ooh-ness to them already that i think is extra present in this like like we're looking at a picture of fucking thomas's face right here and it's just like he's just like look at this bro like like, I mean, that was a big ooh moment. That was a big ooh moment. Um, and Thomas's whole storyline is, I, I think, I don't remember if it was James or if it was Zoe, but one of you, as we were starting to unravel what was going to happen with Thomas, one of you just went something along the lines of like, this game is going to handle this well. <laughs> yeah. Sarcastically. Yeah. Because <laughs> the answer is like, this game is clearly not going to be able to handle this well and should have never 
okay. ever dipped our toes into this. Except just... that it's, I mean, yes, but it's something that a lot of, like, anime, like, does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. they right. they exclusively do it poorly. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there's some that do it well, but, like, all of the In most Final famous. Final Fantasy, there's characters of that archetype. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. yeah. And in like most like, like popular yeah. animes, yeah. there's like the one gay character that's like outrageously flamboyant and like hits on small boys. And like it's just, it's just like the worst depiction ever. And they're just like played off as a complete clown. Um, it's just, it's like incredibly consistent. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, like, anime tropes in this, which mm-hmm. is why I'm not, you know, I, I'm i not convinced that it's really just the uh, the translation that, that fucked up the writing here. <laughs> um, I, I think that, I think that, it, like, in the, the character, like, writing phase, like, there were just, like, some horrible choices made. Um, but they are, you know consistent with some other media that i've consumed i think too one thing that early on like genuinely bothered me about this game i think was the characters not so much like francis york morgan is and i still don't think he's a real fbi agent like not a good problem as in like one in real life (laughs) just so we're clear francis york morgan is Swery's self-insert character, <laughs> the main character, that the main hero character. Better. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it, it, I mean, that that adds more more insult to injury. Like, but I, I mean, like, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Like, the whole talk about movies. Like, I think it becomes very obvious after a while where you're like, oh, this is how Swery sees himself. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Which He's so like, yeah, like that self love is important. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and like so I, I kind of get it. If you're gonna create something, you might as well put yourself in it. And I, in some ways, respect where you're going. Like I am the main character of this fucking thing. Like move over. Very Kojima. Um, I mean, not exact. He doesn't exactly do that, but it's like it's very like if you've seen him, he he is the main character of his real life persona. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think one of the things so. I don't remember how far you are into the game. You're not crazy far in. When you meet the cast of the townspeople, you go to that mm-hmm. town meeting and you meet like everyone in the town and they are the most stereotyped like caricatures of small town America. Mm-hmm. They're all like, street fighter characters. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point really when we are. were doing it, I didn't know this was made by a Japanese development team. I thought this was made by an American development team. And I was like, what the fuck are these characters? Because they're pretty, I mean, they're really deeply stereotypical. Um, and you can like, that can be whatever it is. And But knowing that it's ja- as a Japanese development team, I'm like, ah, yes, okay, this makes more sense of like, this is what they've seen in media. And they're just like really going for it. Of, like, there's the cowboy and like, there's the like the Vietnam vet. And like, here's the lady who works at the, you know, it it becomes that is like the one thing that I think them being a development a Japanese development team I'm like all right I'll kind of forgive you for these nightmare characters that you put into the game. Um, I won't. I was 
<laughs> James definitely won't. But that's James no. for you. No. I mean, like, they do research. Do research, any yeah. amount of research. No, see, I think I think it's like how do I put it? Also, think... like imagine your characters as real human beings. And this is twenty ten, James. You yeah. don't do that. Yeah, Get out of here. Okay, I think even in twenty ten for thousands of years. No, but see, okay, hold but on. I do think if you think about this as an anime, anime characters are not real. From yeah, anime I've anime seen. writers should also imagine their characters as real human beings. <laughs> okay. James so. is taking on all anime. Send your fan mail slash hate mail to James at the tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com. Or his personal Lovely Instagram. No, yeah. But like no, actually but, wait, sorry, hold up. Is our email address the tyranny of thumbs? It's no, not. No. Don't no. send it tyranny to the tyranny of thumbs there we go. at gmail.com. Sorry. Yeah, we should get that one too. I'm not gonna do that though. Um <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. Uh but yeah, no, it's like so. That is a perspective, and that's fair. Um, I think this is actually a celebration in their own way of tropes. Like it is tropes are what they're going for. They are not going for reality. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they they are yeah. they are going for the tropes, and it's like, boy, those are fucking tropes is a totally fair way to read that. But I think that is what it is, <laughs> if that makes right. sense. I mean, they're they're trying to mimic their depiction of Americana on top of like doing probably just very like slapdash location research of Washington state on top of just knowing the tropes that they know offhand. Like, I mean, yeah. One thing that, 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 um, I mean, anime is known for is actually like utilizing tropes as a storytelling device. Um, like leaning on that heavily like it's it's part of that kind of parlance i it's part of that the language of of watching anime is understanding what they're saying with the tropes and some anime will subvert your expectations with that and um if you don't know what you should be expecting to read into the character you won't like get it um and so I, I think that they were kind of doing that in this with Americana tropes, mm-hmm. um, except that like none of the characters matter to the story. <laughs> oh, we didn't do any like any of the side quests or like interface with any of the side content, which those characters do, I guess, have. One percent more fleshed out. Yeah, James, one percent, bro. Come on. And look, we did go get our car washed several times by that chick in the booty shorts. That's true. You know, she had great story development. So I love how like there's another guy too who like does the fucking car washing, and you're just like, um, when do you get off, bro? He's like, oh, you want to go to the bar? Like, no, I just (laughs) want to come back. No reason. Um. Sorry, go ahead. So I guess here's my thing, right? Bad writing, bad gameplay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, as being, I mean, McCoy did play a little bit at the beginning. You know, I played most of it towards the end. Plays horribly. Tank controls feel awful. Um, the and I actually sucks. even like tank controls, truthfully. Like I liked RE4 back in the day. Like I know it's difficult, but like this is like, it's worse. 
than mm-hmm. the things that For people are somehow yeah like and would the, you believe because we did the remastered version it used to be even worse i kind of would now. yeah like i kind of would and it's like yeah. it's just one of those things of like should you fix the gameplay in this game it's very like mass effect remake like territory of like but remember how famous the first one was for the fucking sequences where you drive around um right I don't, so i mean yeah. i say i say all this to say hmm. a lot of this game sucks so my question and the conversation i want to open up to you guys <laughs> is why does this have such a cult following that it does because Mm -hmm. it does Mm -hmm. this is a game that is widely accepted in the gaming community as a good bad game you can set your reservations aside about bad writing or whatnot people fucking love this game and by people, Zoe is literally wearing a cult hood yeah, right she, now. Yeah, I, I am wearing my Deadly Premonition t-shirt as I say this. Oh my but God. I mean, I go go into any gameplay, any Let's Player that plays it, people in the comments lose their mind over this stuff about how great it is and how they're dying laughing. Yep. I have some theories. Okay. Can I read a quote that I think describes it all first? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So... In my research, I came across a website called Destructoid. Of course. Really? Really? Of course? You know what this is? It's an old school website. Yeah. I've heard about the Deadly Premonition Destructoid review. Dude, okay. (laughs) Genuinely, the Deadly Premonition Destructoid review is worth going and reading in its entirety. It is one of the best reviews of a game I have ever read. It's like several pages long. It is really super well written. It is really well explained. It is... Its ending paragraph is how i think we all wish we rated games at the end is beautiful um but there is a line in it which so the destructoid review also comes out being i guess i'll say pro deadly premonition they liked this game um and their their crowning achievement of a line is this which i think goes to zoe's point deadly premonition is like watching two clowns eat each other it's perverse (laughs) it's wrong and yet it's so fucking funny damn <laughs> and i think that's really which like one that's such the a person, psycho line the person who wrote that line likes this game and like, it's funny they're sharing a couple of brain funny. cells with sweary but i i, I mean i i would hazard a guess that people love this game because it's really su- it's really different and it makes them happy like it's surprising and it's bizarre and it's absurd, and it is not, definitely not like your run of the mill. You never know what's going to happen. And I think people would like, you know, like the unexpected and like the the twists and turns, and probably also much as Zoe liked us watching her play it, watching us experience it. There's probably a perverse pleasure that comes from watching someone watch two clowns eat each other, like watching someone yeah, no watch it. other people have to experience this and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's why like, it's like you're getting hazed, right? And you're like, I don't even know what they do as hazing. You know, you're naked outside in the rain or something. And mm-hmm. then it's like, you're like, this is horrible. And the second you get in the cult, right? You're like. Make them do it. If they don't do it, I, I did it. What the f- they, They're doing it. And so you get the riding crop out and you slap them into the rain and then. You know, and it's 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 a bit like that in a way, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I see. I th- okay, okay. I think it's really hard for us to 
to contextualize this in that time. I think this more than any old game we've ever played. Maybe? I mean, I don't know, but it just... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe there's another one that was harder than this, but it's it's up there because... It's like... It kind of reminds me when we were talking about how, like, um, the horror games, like the Amnesia, like, were what the YouTubers needed. You know what I mean? To, like, pop off and launch their careers. This is kind of like that, too. Yeah. Oh, like, this is the greatest React video game maybe of all time. Especially at that era mm-hmm. when there weren't that many like this. Do you know what I mean? And it's not... It, I'm trying to, like, wrap this in my head because at the same time, like, games had a lot more unique oddities back then than they do now. But at the same time, like, it's, um, they, they were much harder to access this level of game. Like, this is, like, not a AAA game at the time, but it's, like, an A or a double A or something. It had a studio. You saw mm-hmm. the credits. And so, like, studios, it was really hard to, for a studio to make something this wild. And so, like, if you're perusing games and they're, like, different flavors and you're out there playing all the famous ones and you're playing, you know, Gears or fucking whatever and you're playing all these games and then you find this one, I I think you're just astonished by how different the flavor is. Like, it's just such a unique, weird vortex to get sucked into for a while. And I feel like some people really liked that. Um, And... and so I think you, like, I'm trying to figure out like how to explain how to contextualize this. Also, because on top of that, like, I think there are aspects of it that don't age super well. And I mean that like in the sense of like, as a good bad game, they have like not aged super well. Not just like in the depictions of characters and stuff, which is also true. Um, but it's like, it's it's like someone has to explain and maybe I'm not the best person for it, but someone has to imagine a good explanation of like how this spawned all of these other types of games and how these like this whole like meta genre exists in some ways because of this, because it, it does feel like you sit there and go like, this is such a stupid sentence to say out loud, but like good, bad games have done it better since then. But like kind of, and so it's just, it's really hard, I think, for us to contextualize this. But I think, like, that's part of the reason why it was popular back then is because it truly was, like, a different time and differently received. And so, like, I feel like you can sort of see that in that review, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this, but I just, I feel very strongly when, when watching this game that that is a factor. Like, do you guys feel that too? Or, like, is that just me? Like, I, I swear there is, like, it's so hard to imagine what this would have been like at the time playing it now, like at least as me who has consumed zero media of this game till this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it back then I might've been more on board for just like getting on the roller coaster and just letting it ride. Um, I think, um, <clears throat> uh, I think Zoe. Zoe just lost it. Yeah, I was saying, we're all <laughs> yes, it wasn't me this time because uh, Zoe just lost internet, and we are going to. I think the word is called vamp, or should yeah. we just cut? Okay, we we can um we can finish what we want to say, and then maybe like yeah, take we'll a quick see. Pause for her. What do you cool. think? What were you saying, James or 
Or is that too much of a distraction? <sighs> oh, man, it is quite a bit of a distra- distraction. I mean, I think that back then I was at a time where I was more willing to just jump mm. on the roller coaster and let it let it take me for a ride. I agree um, and just be like, all right, fuck it, you know, you know, bring the psychos in, bring the, you know. <laughs> and the clowns come in. Exactly. Tapping their shoes yeah. together. Incredibly long shoes. Um, trumpets, you know, like. Yes. It's, uh, I was definitely more willing to do that, but also like, I mean, the standard was a lot lower for game writing, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And do you think, do, James, can I ask you, is that yeah. like, is it the standard? Like, I think that may be very well true. Like, is it also like the, the world has become more aware of critique when it comes to these things because i feel like there's a the critical eye is like the wrong eye to look at this game with but i feel like the critical eye is like so deeply implanted in all of us these days to some degree so i think yeah i i mean i think that basically people the world didn't take video games seriously yet hmm um, and the world is still, you know, taking video games less seriously than other forms of media, but, um, it's like, but, but the world of video games takes itself seriously as, mm-hmm. as art, as, as worthy of, of great storytelling. And, um, I mean, by Bio- like Bioshock had only just come out recently and like completely revolutionized. Right um environmental storytelling as like a way that you can you know express story um <clears throat> like so much so that like just the other day elaine and i were looking through games and we were sitting there and we were like always back it's always back, oh, back. sort of kind of maybe sort of kind of well it wouldn't be deadly premonition without <laughs> some technical errors that's a great <laughs> so, point <clears throat> yeah good point you could what what, what what is maybe captured and maybe not is just it's this i i hope i okay i'll try to keep some of this in if i possibly can depending on technical hurdles but there was just me posing a question to the group a dead silence because zoe had already left and then just me realizing because i look over and it says lost internet and then me just going like yes it wasn't me (laughs) my computer survived so like listen you know it's hard out here for a pimp i think is really Mm -hmm. the moral of the story (laughs) here and if you think that that was offensive do not play deadly premonition because it is way worse than (laughs) so much worse Um. (laughs) yeah i got it there i got it there okay wait can i place us back in the conversation we were just having but also Mm -hmm. sort of take my own tangent on it sure great love that thanks guys um well i was just i was curious because we were talking about mccoy was talking about before all of that and James was talking about what this game would have been like to play in, like, 2010. McCoy's kind of making the case that it it hasn't aged particularly well in some ways, even as a good-bad game, in his opinion. And so we were talking about things like writing in 2010. And just because we've been, like, talking around it and none of us actually know what came out in 2010, I Googled it real quick because I just was curious. Thank you. And so I want to read you a very short list of things that came out in 2010. 2010 was the year of Mass Effect 2. Okay. So Mass Effect 1's already out. We're at Mass Effect 2. Mm. Red Dead Redemption. Um, mm-hmm. 1. Fallout New Vegas came out that year. 
Yeah. Amnesia, which doesn't have great rating, but um, Bioshock 2. So Bioshock 1 mm-hmm. had already been out for a little while. Bioshock 2 came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Wake, which I haven't played, but I have heard that's a thing. Yeah. Heavy Rain came out that year. Just personal shout out to our own podcast of Good Bad Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other, a bunch of other shit, obviously. But I was thinking about those game titles and thinking about writing um, and about just games in general. But like, some of those games, I mean, Mass Effect 1 had pretty, I mean, that has some decent writing in it. I mean, for the time, it had, like, spectacular writing. Right? I mean, not bad. We played Fallout New Vegas. Or no, Fall- we didn't. We Mass played Effect 2 is the one with the ass, though. Well, yes. yeah. Right? So, I mean, even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the visuals. Um, but, like, Fallout New Vegas you're has right, some really right. good writing in it. I, I don't know that this, like, the 2010s were, like, an era of... I I both agree with the points that you guys were making that, like... The 2010s to, like, this is earlier in video games. I don't think people are looking at video games as art so much yet, maybe. Mm. Or, like, really serious storytelling. But there is some good writing coming out around this time. That's, I mean, that's that's really interesting because it's, those are also, like, some of the games that are considered, like, the beginning of good writing in video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what what I would say. You know? And some of the best, yeah, like, Sorry, fuck, I just run over James for essentially disagreeing with your point. Fuck James. <laughs> Sorry. I, I it's just yeah, like these are this is the beginning slash those are the pinnacles. Those are and, and what you have to understand is that when they come out, like you don't get to just pivot on a dime and just create good writing out of thin air. First of all, all the games that were currently going out at the previous sort of tier just come out afterwards and look embarrassing mm-hmm. then when you get start a whole new development cycle you have to ask yourself whether or not you're even capable of stepping up to that point and then people need to build from there and so like this is totally in another vein that is in no way attempting to be those things and also those things are divining the genres you know what i mean like at that time so then i think it actually is very much in a point of games where writing is not at that level I guess my point is a lot of those are the second in the series, right? It's the second Bioshock. It's the second of uh, Mass Effect. It's like the third Fallout. There's some gap in there where writing in video games has been good for a little while now. I'm not saying that everyone needs to catch up. Yeah, second Fallout. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that writing needs to catch up right away. And I'm not even really still calling out Deadly Premonition as being like, why is this not better? Mm. But I, I just don't think it would have been insane for to look at games at that time and be like, okay, we've we've kind of figured out some good writing at this point. Like, games writing has leveled up. Well, so let me actually add this on top of that, too. Which is that at this era... Okay, this is part of the reason why it is really hard... So so thank you, Elena, for setting this point up because this makes sense and is, is a cool thing that I think we should think about going forward. But it is, I've been trying to wrestle with like, how do I communicate that old games were different, bro? Um, and that we should think of them differently and that rather our like opinions of how to rate them have changed. And I'll say it like this. This was the era of gaming, this and before, where games were famous for having one good aspect about them. And in the modern day, you would expect games to have almost all of the aspects be good. So they choose a lane, but then they're like, they have like industry leading story and gameplay and this and that, but maybe they're missing in this sort of regard. Mm -hmm. So it's like now they're almost notable for what they're missing, but back then they were notable for what they had. So like Mass Effect 1, for example, 
And I know it's Mass Effect 2 had just come out, but think about they're trying to push the standard as much as they can. But Mass Effect 1 comes out, it has a really great writing and story, if you're into that sort of thing, and it has terrible gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it has like terrible item management, and it has terrible loading screens, and it has terrible driving, and it has terrible, right? And so it's like, but then Halo comes out. And, you know, people would argue that Halo has a really great story if you really love Halo. Well, Halo um, came but out it, in like 2004, right? Yeah, but there's like what? Like, this I is around Halo two, 3, probably. But I'm saying, like, you know, there are like those absolute industry standard games that are taking everything forward by trying to nail everything. But then there's like what you described, because Red Dead Redemption, like, it's trying its absolute hardest to have good gameplay and a good story. I think it probably does, but that's what makes it so cutting edge at this time. It has like two things that are pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, when you're looking at this game, you have to be thinking, like, what's the one good thing that it does? Like, for example, because, like, there's, because a lot of the games are actually, like, if you take, if you get out of the tier one of, like, the best shit possible from the whole year and from the whole industry and from the whole world, and you go to, like, tier two, which is where the majority of games sit, and the majority of everyone sits, it's stuff like fucking Army of Two. Like, Army of Two has co-op gameplay like that's it you know what i mean and you're like damn army of two we have two people this could work out mm-hmm. like that that's sort of like that level and it's like so because they think about um fallout i actually really enjoyed the gameplay of fallout especially in this era but it was trying to have a good shooter in there and it's not a good shooter it just has good inventory management sort of world open world sort of story ish like kind of do anything you want that's all it has it doesn't have the gameplay it doesn't have the shooting so it's you know later in like the fallout 4 era you might consider the shooting in fallout a little better um but i just say that because like when you look at a game like this it's like what it has is that weird factor well yeah this you know what is what i wanted to then pose mccoy because i think you've made a good case about games of this era i didn't play games of this era so i don't really know but i'm gonna go with it um seems <laughs> seems accurate <laughs> But, like, so if that's true, then what is the one thing that Deadly Premonition brings to the table? Because I think we can all agree, like, the gameplay is pretty bad. The combat, I'm so sorry, Zoe, you had to play so much of the combat. It looks atrocious. It looks horrific (laughs) to play. Um, You spend a lot of time just driving back and forth, and the driving is absolute ass. Um, But, so, like, then what does this game have that makes it that thing because like is it story quality it can't be it can be it's the what the fuckness i'm telling you it's the what the fuckness it's the fact the very fact that it doesn't make sense to you is exactly what people like i think for me it's the surprising amount of detail that is put in some aspects and other slap like i Like, I, when it comes down to it, and we didn't interface with it much in the gameplay, but, like, one of the things I think that is surprising is how, for lack of a better word, like, it's, the open world is surprisingly very detailed and fleshed out. And I know you guys probably are thinking you're fucking insane, but I do think there's just a surprising amount of care that was put into that open world space that we just didn't really get to see firsthand um, 
mainly in just that all of these NPCs, they act a lot like Fallout characters where they have their own schedules and their own uh, motivations and they're in different locations at different times. You'll often see them driving from one place to another. You might see a guy who has a crush on a girl go to her house like late at night and there's the peeking through the window um, you know, mechanic in that where like you could maybe like see some information there if you decide to be a peeping Tom. Um, it's just, I, I think the open world is a lot more fleshed out than maybe we give it credit for. I think another thing, and this was just something I saw in my playthrough and not yours, but like, uh, like Harry, when he is driving around in his wheelchair, like his, he's got like a turbo car that like has like the, it's like the greatest accessibility car I think I've ever seen. Like it is bizarre how detailed his vehicle is and the animation that it does to show him getting in and out of the car to accommodate his wheelchair. And it's like, that didn't have to be there because it just happens in the open world and you can just never have to explain for it. But for whatever reason they do, and there's just a story there along with a lot of those NPCs and how they live in the town. Um, and I think that's ultimately what Swery was trying to go for, was trying to do a murder mystery open world sim. He was forced into doing the combat because at the time they said, if your game doesn't have combat, it's not worth doing. And so Swery says, okay, middle finger to you. I'm going to make the worst combat sequences possible, <laughs> like ever. Yeah, you're going to have to gonna do make combat sequences that don't make sense. But this is what you guys want. Here you fucking go. Um, I think where it ends up falling, though, is I think ultimately Swery just wanted to do Twin Peaks as a video game. Mm -hmm. And doesn't have the writing chops to know what to do with the story. To have it mesh well with the gameplay that he presented. And so you just kind of see his mind just go, okay, demons. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, dude, especially at the end. No doubt about it. When when this story just goes Super Saiyan. Yeah, it really, <laughs> you know what I it mean? really goes off <laughs> yeah. the rails at the end. Literally goes Super Literally. Saiyan. Literally. Yeah. But, like but it also just like figuratively goes Super Saiyan as like it just transforms into just truly like, you know, like, okay. What I find amazing is that like we've had so many discussions about stories and like i just famously am not as detail oriented maybe or or i i sort of am more of like an forest for the trees sort of person when it comes to story like i don't i'm not the person who i could never make those those youtube videos that were famous in the early youtube era of like look at this inconsistency with this movie story i could never do that ever because to me, I'm just accepting the sort of story and going with it. So there's been so many stories that people have described to me. I was like, and it just unravels at the end. Like, it's just bullshit. Nothing makes sense. And I'm like, oh, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, like, it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And, like, and they may or may not have cases. But this, even for me, I was like, oh, is this what they're doing? Like, is this, is this what they're feeling when they describe shit like this? Because this unravels at the end in such a way that you're just like, what like like i'm sure much but before like, the end yeah mm -hmm. yeah like at the beginning <laughs> right like much before the end people could and i feel like you james would be one of them they'd be like this is totally unraveling but to me i didn't like completely feel the unravel until 
until we went into like until George unraveled himself. Like like literally until <laughs> I'm there, until I George like think, transforms. Yeah. But There's an like, extra element to the ending of this game because I agree with you, James. It is the story doesn't hang together at any point. At never. any point during this game, does it? It does not work. But the end just keeps going like and bigger. And yeah, there's yeah, another yeah. It twist. A, it feels oh, Avengers you think to me. And there's another twist. It just, it can't, it, it's like it doesn't know when to stop. It's like, like George it is the bad guy. Itself. No, Case is the bad guy. And you're just like, what? And I can see that being like very, I can see why people are into that at the end of the game. Because it just like goes bigger and bigger. And it just becomes more and more ridiculous. Because... Although I think James and I both struggled with this story and the lack of how it hangs together, I think it it bothered me. I think it bothered James. Sure. Yeah. Um, the ending just fucking it doesn't even try. I mean, it just goes. It just goes, and it's like <laughs> I think that's yeah. And I think that is something that I can see people liking. And it really yeah. starts with like Thomas, right? You're like, okay, then it's Thomas, and like Thomas's whole sequence is. It, just absurd and then it's like yeah but then like there's like love g and then you go find love g and it's george and like that almost hangs together except then george goes like i don't know i just i was just doing what he told me to do yeah exactly because then you you're like okay cool cool we figured it out he george goes like to this crazy super saiyan whatever thing he's struck by lightning he becomes like a golem orc kind of creature but then he's like you just made me do it and you're like oh fuck there's another one and then it goes bigger and then like it just kind of keeps going the crowning moment i'm telling you the crowning moment is a subtle moment Mm -hmm. but it is the moment where it hits its absolute zenith which is where you get the replay of the well you get these the the memory of your mom's death that's being replayed over and over again at the you know the death of the hand of your dad right? right And then they just sort of like the reveal is like, no, here's what your psychological trauma has been holding from you. It's actually that if you just pan your frame slightly to the right, Kaysen is there. (laughs) And he and that really does change things. Well, Kaysen is there and there's a fucking tree growing out of your mom. Like, there's a lot. And And also that that your dad didn't even shoot your mom. Big reveal. Spoilers. He shot himself. Like, you you forgot that part, too. (laughs) You forget all of that, and then and then like you literally are sitting there, and like you're wondering like okay, because because like it's it's the smile that you feel on your face when you're like okay, come on, like what? Because but it's still not done. You know what I mean? Like no, you do that, and it's still like, and now he's like a mega. It just, it just no, I know, going. I know. But but think about this though. Think about how ridiculous this is. And and again, I'm not the guy who is very good at finding the inconsistencies and the threads that don't connect, you see, and it's, you know, but like, but imagine you as a kid see this scene go down with Kaysen, who looks exactly like Kaysen current day because yeah. he's yeah, just same zero same. <laughs> wearing the same clothes. And then you doing see the same body motion. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Just that gentle, gentle thrust. Like they just literally took the model from Kaysen in the town and they just put him in there. Like fuck the time difference. And then, okay. So imagine that happens, right? And then Kaysen sees you later as the FBI investigating this and doesn't feel like. I wonder what he remembers. Does he remember the fact I, that no, I was no, no, no. there? I think he knows that you don't remember because he's like a super devil th- situation. Here's, he definitely knows that you don't remember. Here's my theory about it. All right, James. Uh, 
sweary wrote that scene at the very end when he was <laughs> trying to force all of these outrageous puzzle pieces to actually fit together and he didn't even know at the beginning of the game that that's what w that scene was I that's, think that's my theory. possible <laughs> and well, like about it. i mean that's that's like me not giving the writers credit you know it's like they didn't know where this was going they had like all these ideas and they thought it was going in one direction and then realized that that was actually bad and didn't work and like had to scramble to figure it out. Like, like but like I just at the very beginning, like uh, Francis York Morgan, like comes into town with a baggie of red seeds in his pocket mm -hmm. that he's been chasing from some murderer. But the but the red seeds apparently only grow on trees that appear in this town. And the red seeds were found in the bodies of the victims. Right. From some other serial other killer, serial killing that like from Kaysen. Just like somewhere else in the in the world. Like. Right. I don't know. They just like, it, it's like it's I just it's I think what they were trying to establish and I think it was to leave it open-ended for a potential saga for Francis York Morgan. But the Order of the Red Tree and the demons within it are something that are plaguing the world, I see. not just Greenvale. Well, that would have been an interesting thing to include in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and that's but that's the thing though. Like, they they kind of do it, but they no. miss the mark terribly. Like, the only way you can know that it's, like, something that's going on in the world is because it, like, flashes back to you, like, the pictures that were on York's laptop at the very beginning of the game, like, 20 hours later. But I, <laughs> like, I think here's... But not even. The problem like, is that because so little of this game fits together and, like, is something you could do that with, it doesn't incentivize you to draw conclusions like that. Yeah, because you know I mean? like no conclusions are useful for the entire game. <laughs> I think it's I think it is more like how do I put it? It's like uh it it this is the similarity I see with the cat lady and those sorts of Armikolsky games, is like they feel like you're never really sure what is reality. Like which layer is reality. Yeah, but I think that's intentional and works with the themes of the game. And I, I cannot believe that I'm about to argue for our Mikulski games I'm and their plots. I'm liking it. <laughs> but, but like genuinely, our Mikulski games are designed to make you question reality. That's like a big theme of those games. Like you're kind of in the in-between. Some things are real, some things aren't. The sock things are upside down. Which world are you in right now? That is a theme of his games. And so he can get away with a lot of that in a way that works for his writing. Whereas this game is hot garbage in terms of its right. Like it, you just you just can't do it with this. And I don't know that it's even a problem. I mean, look, it's a problem. It clearly bothered like James and I, for example. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you're literally talking to your fucking like imaginary friend in your head out loud the whole yeah. game and yeah. I mean, not a single really... person <laughs> makes a comment on this until well, emily does once she's like i can't emily wait to emily meet zach does. and you're like i'm sorry <laughs> you know you see that? this man talking to his imaginary <laughs> yeah. friend the entire time and and you still trust him this? with with a, information a about a 
Yeah, exactly. Like, and she still wants a relationship. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> immediately so report him to his superiors at the FBI. Like, for, like, having a pretty clear issue, like, a pretty clear psychological break happening. That's a pretty yeah. unfortunate one for the FBI to miss about their own crew. I mean, that right. would have come out in any interview with this guy. No, but you see, <laughs> which is, no, I still think. Yes. They, I'm upset they didn't write it in. I think the real plot of this game is that Francis York Morgan is not an FBI agent. It's mm-hmm. the only way that this game works. <laughs> I just the idea that you would pursue a way with which this game works makes yeah, me wonder <laughs> if But okay, wait, that's kind of back to my original point though. Is like Yeah, the plot writing in this game is atrocious. It doesn't but I genuinely think that is what people like about it. Yeah, it's it's what it's it, what it is, what people like about it is the fact that we it's the it's the valence thing. It's thanks I hate it. It's the it's thanks that was bad writing or like thanks that it's, was stupid and it's watching people like james lose their fucking minds while playing this game and repeatedly just be like why why i can you not notice that he's talking to himself like it's watching people dislike that experience that brings other people joy that's part of it and i think there are people who just enjoy it on the first go through to as well i think so too it's just um it rewards you in a very strange way for paying attention because when you pay attention, you realize that it makes no sense. And then it hurts. You. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, exactly. Like maybe it hurts you if you were hoping for sanity, but like if you're just, cause like, for example, being like, we can all viscerally feel the tension of why can he just, he doesn't even walk that far away. When he oh, talks he doesn't to walk himself. away at all. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> and like, he puts his fingers to his temple. It is the most obvious <laughs> I'm talking to myself. And sorry, he also talks to himself about the people he's in yeah, the yeah, car yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right there. Right. <laughs> just... And like, it's really cringe. I mean, at the very beginning, like when he meets Emily, he just like puts his finger to his something like, she's easy on the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and it is kind of fun to go back through the game and be like, she heard all of that. All of it. She knew about that she knew that and she is still showing up at his, ho- his hotel room in a ball gown being like what's up so i think okay i think <laughs> what i would try to say is that games especially in this era but potentially forever have been pursuing reality as in this is the most realistic game ever i think this is the one with the most realistic voice acting or uh, facial capture or storytelling or whatever and it's like or, you know, obviously graphics and, and all sorts of different ways. But, like, I, I think this game was, like, we, you know, maybe they honestly had a conversation with us. Like, we cannot compete with the level of realism that people are doing. But they also just aren't trying to. And I actually think they're trying right. to gain value from the lack of reality that they're putting in this game. Like, how your mind just, like, tries to treat it like it's real. And it it isn't it keeps kicking you like i felt like this this game was like those fucking bucking bronco things at at the bars or whatever where it's like you watch you know the (laughs) mechanical yeah you know what i mean where you like put a quarter in or something and it like throws the drunk hot girl off and then you hope her top comes off or something that's how it goes right i've never been in these places before but i've just seen it i'm so glad it's just a trope for me i'm so glad that i didn't say what i was thinking before that which is that i really want to try one of those fucking bowls (laughs) it's like it's a life goal of mine you fucking would um but like you know what i mean it's just a trope for me but no but like 
it's like I was trying to approach this as in it is real, and I just do not think they want you to be able to sit in that mindset. I think they want to just constantly have you questioning what is real and breaking you out and just like it. And I, I think when you sort of see it as like its currency is that it's not attempting to be reality, like it isn't trying to do that. I think you can sort of see what some people might enjoy in it. Like, it is rather the opposite. I can see what people enjoy in it, 100%. I mean, look, we did enjoy it. We had fun playing this together. It was fun to watch this absurd thing just unravel. Like, I get that. I think I would like to pose a second question to the group, Mm. which is just, is this art? Because I did read several reviews from 2010 that attempted to make the case that this game is art. And I would like to pull the room. Do we think it is art? I do not think it is art. I think... I, I Well, first of all, art is subjective. <laughs> I know. So, you know, if it's art for you, cool, man. But, like, I think... I don't know, it's it's interesting, right? Because in some ways, I look at some of the set pieces in this game, and I'm like, okay, like, this is clearly supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, creative visionary piece. And I think there is also just a lot of... In the same way that you have to question reality, I think you also just question the creative decisions in this game at the same time, what with, like... I don't know how characters are framed or why a character animates the way they do. Why is the music like 10 yeah. decibels oh over the dialogue? We haven't even talked about that yet. It's so about. true. Like... It's amazing. It's like, <clears throat> right, I've, like I've spent so much time and effort on my audio system to make things like sound really great and like really like three dimensional and like beautiful and and, and, as, and in some degree like as intended. But to feel and by the way, you will listen to music that you have heard a thousand times and you'll realize, oh my God, like the the mastering engineer the mixing engineer specifically like the way they placed all the sounds it's just like what a perfect three-dimensional representation they were so dialed in like their mastery is just incredible and and you'll sit there at complete awe at stuff you've, you've heard before and you'll just it'll bring a whole new light to it <laughs> on the flip side y- you can feel the mixing here and it is the most atrocious just awful like zero like like you want to believe that you could have done a better job on an iPod with, like, mixing this. You know what I mean? Like, on a bus. Like, you, you could have, like, as a kid, you could have just been like, well, I mean, you can't hear the guy. Like, you, you would have thought, like, your first mixing instinct would have been, like, I can't hear the person speaking. Like, maybe do something about that. I'm not a mixing engineer. So, yeah, it is astonishingly bad. But it's, like, so bad that you're, like, Look how many people worked on this shit. Like, intentional? Question mark? Well, right. That, that's the thing. Yeah, you, you listen to... You, you, you see the execution. You experience the execution of it. And you're like, well, that felt awful. There's no way anybody greenlit that. And then you see, like, 10 QA testers yeah. go scroll by yeah. in the credits. And you're like, wait... What? Like, you know there was a printed out piece of paper that they sent to the QA testers that just says, do not make any comments about the mixing, <laughs> this, that, the fact that she's singing nonsense lyrics, the <laughs> fact that, like, fucking this, like that. And, you know, these are intentional things. Like, 
it's like, okay, if I said, okay, right, right, right. You got to imagine, right? The cat lady, you know, there's infinite comparison here, but like it had really bad sound in some ways in the yep. sense of like people's mics were peeking all over the place. Like a lot of the volumes were weird. Like shit was really jank back then. Um, but part of it was like, sort of like you're talking about Elena, where it was like cohesive with the thick, the sort of nightmarish, not sure if real situation. And so it like fit thematically. I do get that. But if you take the like fitting thematically out, I think when you're looking at a game like this, they sat there and, and, and very, very smartly said to themselves at some point somewhere if we make this the best we can make this in other words we mix it perfect the graphics are as good as we can we fix all the loading screen like we make this the best version of itself this game is dead <laughs> like because then it has to compare itself to every other game that's good and it will die and i think it, i think the mixing is the example where you see this the most where they were just like there is a good mix for this and that is worse than the bad mix for this because if we do a bad mix for this like we are now very very different than anything else we have now like completely gotten into a different category i'm shaking my head no right now mm -hmm. it hurts i think you're giving I, the developers a lot of credit i exactly you this is decisions. your favorite thing to do is yeah. give, <laughs> give developers credit for their That's bad nice. choices <laughs> That's nice. and um it's not it i i'm I'm reasonably certain that it's <clears throat> a lack of skill and effort at, uh, at the final hour. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I just I just don't think that that Sweary had like you know that the the thing about like when you first start creating your your taste is not as good as your. Or, or your taste is way higher right. uh, level than your ability to create. Like, I think that this is one of those, like, massive gap situations <laughs> where yeah. where Sweary is watching, like, Twin Peaks and, like, seeing all this cool shit and, like, amazing video games. And he's like, I'm going to do that. And he somehow managed to con his way into getting a budget and then couldn't do it. And he just like had to try, you know, like at at this point. Um, I think that the they weren't like, well, it's a it's a better meme at this point if it's like worse mixing. I think they're like, this is the best we got. <laughs> yeah, I can see both worlds. Like, I we're feel... shipping. We're shipping tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious just, to see what Zoe's sense of this is, but I, my sense from my first from this initial playthrough is to this is just the best that they had for audio mixing. That's nuts, man. I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm like skimming through the audio section of the Wikipedia to see if there's like an answer. I don't even think that they. <laughs> I don't. Really well, because honestly, I, I don't think that they mixed it. I don't think that he realized that he had to mix the levels. I think <laughs> no, but I see, think like, that's he just. Not real. I I honestly, I think he put every single file in the way the the level <laughs> that he got them. <laughs> And it just was that. Like, I could see a case where they were like, it turns out that our engine couldn't mix audio. And so we just had to fuck in. And this is the best. I could see that world. And then the other world I can see is like. Is they like, couldn't find the tab for mixing audio in the engine. Like, it just didn't exist. Like, it, they made their own engine. They just kept the default volume every time. Yeah. Like, 
I just, I, there is this thing. And so I could totally believe that this was just a nightmare and that there was some tactical limitation, but I just, I can't believe that the human beings didn't like know that it needed to be mixed. Like maybe they just couldn't do it. Maybe they didn't have time. Maybe the engine didn't work or whatever. That gets to like the, the forever question of every video game is like, I mean, there are so many games that ship so poorly. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I agree. At some point, it's not a artistic choice. It just is what it is, and they, it's time for the game to come out or whatever. You know, this game. I was surprised. In my mind, this game is like a weird indie that just released one day. But that's not what this was. Like there were trailers, there was hype, there was a release date. Like it could have been, for all we know, that like they're like, "Fuck, we got it. This thing comes out in a week, and this is the mixing that we have." So here yeah, it goes. Print it. They put um, it on discs and everything. And that's something that happens in game development all the time. Like, I think that's the other thing that surprised me. I mean, I genuinely thought this was a game made by one dude named Swery by himself in his basement. You know what? In, yeah, and, and in this not, era, no, this you can't is do not, that. This is like a, it's not a triple A game, but it's like an, at least an A. Yeah. There's a studio making this. No doubt about it. Um, And a publisher mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. I mean, yeah. because you basically couldn't do anything else at this time period other than on yeah. um, Flash games or whatever on PC. Yeah. So I think... And, and well, and kind of like Zoe was saying earlier, they did clearly, and I think part of why this game works as a good, bad game, there's like characteristics good, bad games have to have, and there has to be enough good in them to make them like vaguely playable. Mm-hmm. This one's interesting because the controls are, from what I've heard, horrendous. And someday my brief driving sequence will release and i legitimately was sobbing crying i was laughing so hard trying to do it um a little bit but also sobbing crying because you just wanted to pass the controller over yeah i was was elena like like, hiding under her desk hoping not to get called on james james called me out because i yeah the the controller had gone around a couple times and you guys had forgotten i was there no we didn't forget you were there and then we all acknowledged the night i was drinking someone was like all right give her give it to her yeah now, the funny thing is, Elena, at one point you get up to go grab something upstairs and James turns to us and he says, so she thinks that we're going to destroy Yeah, I know exactly. We're all yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a dick move. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it do be what it is. Um, I totally forgot where I was going with that point because I blacked out remembering that driving um, experience. Oh, there has to be good elements sure. to like, a game. I, there are. Like, I think Zoe is in some ways right that, like, the open world is like weirdly well done and not that we actually experience a lot of it but even like the get there's like the gas station and like the hotel like the places that you go make sense they're cohesive like there's parts of this store of this package that kind of work and i think it's possible they put their development time into something like the open world and then they got to the mixing they're like fuck and they just let it go it's Um, possible but i but like even with all of that like uh, yeah it's it's definitely possible no doubt that that happened i do think like the 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 situation that it is put in like when it is not pursuing goodness is it does put it in this other category but but, yeah, but i don't think that they released this game trying aiming for a bad a good bad game i think they released this game aiming for greatness yeah, yeah. they aimed for certainly something and i think they did a lot with their with their resources or how do i describe this like when this game starts going off the rails 
which I think is an interesting phrase to describe what many people would consider to be off the rails from the very moment that it starts. But like when it goes so far off the rails that even I'm shook, um, they just start hitting you in every single facet with ridiculousness. Like, and you can tell because they add like a new door on like the tail end of the game. (laughs) Like, they just add that, like, fucking garage door in the middle of these combat sequences. Oh, that shit was whereas, funny, yeah. Whereas everything else is, like, the vines, the red vines that, like, block you off. And then they just go back to that later. But it's, like, they were, like, guys, the, like, the tornado is coming, which is the end of this game. So we're going to add new song, couple new songs. We're going to add, like, a new door. We're going to add a boss fight that is, like against a titan that you have to dodge stuff on the ground for the first time ever like not just beat a dodge <laughs> and then have the worst just worst dodge of all time yeah, your you do- guns do like four damage for the first time in the game no and like and i'm sure we could have bought other guns or whatever but it's like but like and i'm telling you you're doing mmo style dodge the bad like when he does this star thing on mm-hmm. the ground and then you're doing the um god of war slash uh like the, the other really famous t- shadow titan fuck there's the, the shadow of the colossus shadow of the colossus like run up the side of them and like execute them fucking situation oh, yeah like this shit is now that right there whether or not you would consider that to be good or bad that is just like full meme but that's what makes it a good bad game you know what i mean like yeah. it's the swings it's the swings that it takes where you just go like i cannot believe that I'm about to walk up this dude's arm and stab him in his weird tongue squeaky doll doll thing. (laughs) Like, it's the absurdity that I think makes good, bad games come into existence. Yeah. And And, so... I mean, I was in your... Sorry, McCoy, but like, Mm. this game is also, I would say, surprisingly playable for the disaster that it is, clearly. Like, it's not buggy. Well, okay, it was a little bit buggy. We and for the record, for people listening, we played the Switch port on this, which is the least buggy, yeah, uh, port of this game. If you were to buy this game on Steam and do the PC version, uh, that's a buggy mess. Um, mm. There's apparently mods for it, um, but I just salute you and say good luck. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> regretting this point. As I remember, we did never go to the store because we did have a game crashing bug there. But you know, but it does kind of work, and there's just this game has so many wildly bizarre swings. The the chase sequences with the raincoat killer, where there's two views, where there's your view and the raincoat (laughs) killer's like side view, killer cam, (laughs) weird as fuck. It is. No game has done that since, as far as my knowledge, because why would you? It was awful. But it's so. It's so bad, but it's so unusual and bizarre. Like I think that's where this game really shines. The yeah. running mechanic of running away from the boss. Oh my god! Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the... Uh, uh, when he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, where you have the, to like, like finger the controller. Yes. No, I know. You have to finger it real hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I feel like okay. So that like picture in picture camera thing if you like mess around with game engines like these days right like if you just go to like fucking unity or whatever <laughs> maybe you don't go to unity anymore sad face um like you the one of the first things you can do is that picture in picture thing like you can just sit a camera on something else and see it 
like that it's like mm-hmm. it's like before you even do any of the coding you can just do that really easily and yet like nobody does it like nobody does it i mean they do it in really like interesting ways in metal gear solid they might do that when you have a like a little spider that has a camera on it that walks underneath doorways and then crawls up into the whatever but it's like it's like nobody does that except except it is easy quote easy to do and i feel like they're like playing with the puzzle pieces like that being like no one's thought to do this like this is some weird ass shit we can do mm-hmm. and you're like yeah i guess that is some weird ass <laughs> shit you can do and all i can say is that that particular portion makes no sense if you play the game but if you watch the game it is like low-key kind of fire i don't know how to describe it like because like you don't have to watch your character and like dodge shit because it's always doing that so i'm just watching the boss look at us hard whiff and then we're just like doing some <laughs> jank ass fucking dodging shit in the corner and it's just like it's just it's really fucking dumb in like a kind of cool way honestly as an observer so I, i'm sitting there being like this is actually genius i think more games that are intended to be played with people watching should do this because it's just so stupid and yet great so i don't know i i I don't know what to think about that other than it felt kind of genius to me to be honest (laughs) um which is so stupid but you know here we are i i what a game like i think i wasn't even sure what the fuck we were going to talk like this has been just like a perhaps humbling experience (laughs) like like this has been one of the harder things like mentally i feel like to to grapple with right as on the Mm. podcast and with our with our um with our analytical minds you know it has been Mm -hmm. a lot uh, i think um i don't i don't even know like i i find myself completely like i was walking away from those play sessions being just like what do i think Mm -hmm. and like really (laughs) really struggling with that question like really struggling with that question in a way that like i i usually don't struggle with that question you know what i mean and so there's like something here that's different like i don't know how to put that but wow yeah i think like especially for a podcast in which we take a look at a video game and its elements and critique them or you know like you know pick it apart and and talk about you know what parts worked and what part didn't what parts didn't i i do think i find this game very hard to talk about critically just because it is so bad in all of its parts and then because at the end of the day like i i hear all like all of what you guys say about pacing and things not making sense and the characters are written bad and the writing's bad and i agree and yet at the same time, like, I just kind of give, like, the biggest shrug where I'm like, okay, like, I guess, <laughs> like, it's, it's a very odd position to be in, I think, for a game. And I think I said this during the episodes where it's just, for whatever reason, like, this game also just seems void of criticism, Like, I think you can say all you want about how, you know, X was executed poorly or this was distasteful or whatnot. And I honestly think, like, this game just does not care and does not give a fuck. And it's just going to keep on trucking on. And you're going to either hang on to the back of the truck 
and like try to try to hang on or just get off at the next stop um and i yeah it it just makes for like a really weird way to talk about a game like this yeah. i think i can see you zoe like in fucking middle school or something like with some like close friend of yours or like your sister or something like having played this game and just like being at lunch or something and eating like fucking lunchables or something and just being like <laughs> Do I not was... play this game when you're in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> you snuck this shit. It is rated M for yeah, mature. It is, really <laughs> it is super mature. No, but I could just see like the conversation of being just like, it's like, it's just a tonality thing almost. It's like the same words are said, but it's just the tone. It's like, damn, that story doesn't hang together. Like, yeah, you're fucking right. That was stupid as fuck. Like versus. I know. I know how I want to okay. say this. I'm okay. sorry. Do it. Go ahead. Um, so because McCoy kind of just jogged something in my memory with that phrase of just talking in middle school with my sister. So I think why this game resonates so much with me and why I'm willing to look past this jank and still consider it a good, bad game is because growing up, I watched a series on TV, a little series known as Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm -hmm. which is a TV show that takes really bad movies and has three comedians riff over the movie the entire time. And I think growing up with that, you kind of learn how to look at something that is quote-unquote bad and just immediately start thinking of riffs or just immediately start thinking about like, well, that's weird. Let's riff off of that. And it's something that I you know, apply to a lot of the media that I watch these days. And I think in particularly bad media. I watch a game like Deadly Premonition and I just immediately get transported into that Mystery Science Theater 3000 theater where I'm like, this is the intention for this game. The whole point is to put this game up on a screen and just rip it to shreds joke style. Yeah. Like... I, I think that's really the only way you can really look. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, you can take one of the B films that they do in Mystery Science Theater and be like, well, this didn't make sense. Why was this damsel in distress? And then later they like do this cut here. Like, that makes no sense. The writing was terrible. And it's like, yeah, it, they didn't handle that gracefully. Sure. But that's not the point. <laughs> it's like the point is we're all going to just gather together and have a great time together and just exclaim, what the fuck? And to me, like, that's more special to, than, like, what any other game can do. Yeah. That's, that's a, you know, that's really beautiful. Um, and, and I think that that is kind of the experience that we were able to have. And, and, like, it's so great. It's so much fun to do that with you guys. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we've kind of figured out how to do that on the podcast uh, a little bit. Um, hmm. but it is still painful to to witness these, <laughs> these things. You know, it's. I'm going. I, I'm thinking back to like the question of is this art, and um, not very far from where I grew up. Um, there's a movie theater, and um, in the basement of the movie theater is uh the museum of bad art hmm. and um 
it's just like it's a bunch of paintings by people that are bad at it Mm -hmm. and other and and it's not just paintings it but it's it's kind of a beautiful display of of terrible terrible art (laughs) yeah um and i think that this this game has a place in that uh museum it's it is to me i think it is art but it is bad art um and and bad art is worth marveling at sometimes yeah it's james it's just amazing to me that for whatever reason like where you i don't know if it's where you grew up exactly but just like where you and all of your family end up living there is always a shrine of something just truly horrible like near (laughs) like that's just my life dude it's just a shrine of something truly horrible (laughs) it's just like and like i don't want to give all the examples because then it's like now we just triangulate every place you've ever lived in your whole life but there's always like yeah and this is the museum of silly hats like right here and Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) fucking hell um but i mean yeah and i i would say to zoe's point like that's that's sort of what i'm like trying to say about it it's like i think you said it well it's like i actually think the world is forgetting how to appreciate a work like this i i I think i am and i definitely was like one of those people who like it reminds me of the prequels and the star wars reviews okay because the prequels like the the specifically the star wars prequels it's like they were really are you talking the Star Wars reviews, the Red Letter yeah. Media mm-hmm. Star Wars reviews? Okay. Which to me, I can just like, in my own lore, I can just say the Star Wars reviews. And like, literally, that just like <laughs> makes sense. But to no one else, I thank you for the clarifying uh, of that. But um, it's like, okay, in, in Star Wars lore, right? It's like the original series comes out and, you know, think of all of our parents or like all of our dads or whatever, like love that shit and show it to us as a kid and say like, look at this, like, look at how amazing this is. Um, Especially like at its time, but also just like for the world building and for the everything. And then they sort of decided like, all right, we're going to make these like prequel movies and we're going to make them with a lot more like technology and a lot more flash. And then we're going to make them essentially for the new generation, hopefully able to get a new generation into star Wars and they make them. And the old generation is like, this shit's horrible. Like, it's just, it doesn't have any of the magic that I was looking for. It doesn't hang together at all. And and then you look at it for all the kids that are watching it, and the kids that are watching it are going like, I really like this, actually. Like, the action sequences are cool, and the world building is really cool, and like... And so then there's like that that disconnect there, but then you go all the way down to the Star Wars reviews, and this is what I'm talking about. It's like, the Star Wars reviews, Red Letter Media, famous early YouTube situation, <laughs> truly uh, Marvel to watch in the modern day with such lines as <laughs> opening lines as uh, this movie is as disappointing as my son, um, <laughs> which is just straight fire, by the way. Um, but like, it's like the, the, the Star Wars like reviews are like horrifyingly critical they just rip to shreds every possible plot hole and ridiculous thing about these movies that you're thinking like there's there's no way at least if you're me i saw this at all 
when first like viewing these movies or this series like i just enjoyed them as a kid but now i'm sitting here watching this and i'm also enjoying the like tearing apart of it the just really like analytical approach to all everything bad about it and yet it's like to me i enjoy both things like i enjoy the review that it's critical of this thing that like destroys it in some ways but i also enjoy it also Mm -hmm. just the work like i just enjoy the prequels right they're just they're good and fun and i like enjoy the destroying of it too and it feels like it's like how do you react to the destroying of this are you saying like these prequels fucking suck because of all these inconsistencies or bullshit or like i'm enjoying the act of just really looking at the totality of all the inconsistencies and bullshit like am i mad about all the inconsistencies Mm -hmm. or am i like smiling at how ridiculous it is when you look at it with this razor you know not i don't know this clear microscope And I just think, like, what I liked to do back in that era, and I'd love to do it again, maybe someday when I'm ready, um, probably could be soon, is I personally liked to watch the entire movie, the entire prequel, just as it is. You set up a whole night for that, and you watch that, and that's that's the the head, you know, like, that's the, the, the show that night. And then the next night... You watch the review, right? Because you know when you watch the movie, you're not going to get all that shit, but you're just going to enjoy it for what it is. But then you're also going to have such a fresh picture in your mind of what's about to be destroyed. And the two of them together work in such beautiful harmony to create like two wonderful back-to-back pieces of content. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So to me, that's all a positive. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's like, I think what we've sort of lost as a world is how to enjoy the act of tearing something apart without then coming away from it and saying and that's why it sucked do you know what i mean we we we've forgotten that we enjoyed the act of destroying it and the act and it presented the opportunity for us to destroy it and that's what this game is bringing it back it presents the opportunity for you to destroy it like these comedians in a theater and we then have sort of the analytical parts of our minds have taken over and now can say therefore it sucks and it was bad and i hated it which you're more than welcome to hate it if you want but i just think like what we've sort of forgotten is like this is a piece of fuel to the fire of to be destroyed in a way and if you enjoy that then it was there for you in that regard does that make sense i think about that a lot like i try really hard to bring that Mm -hmm. that style back of like appreciating something for allowing me to destroy it and saying that's what it was for. I mean, I'm hearing two things here. Okay. One, I'm hearing that you think, and this is a bad point, point to say this. We should put the, okay, okay, take this out, put it at the beginning of the podcast, okay? I cannot do that. No, you know, please don't gonna, ask put, me to do take that. Take this out, Why put it at the, the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> no. Because here's what I'm hearing you no, say. What I'm hearing down. you say is that everybody should go watch our playthroughs of uh-huh. the Premonition <laughs> on YouTube and then immediately follow it with this podcast where we destroyed the game. That is the even if they sequence. don't come out for another two and a half months. No, no, they're coming out. Well, okay, yeah, I don't know, but that's that's what everyone should do. <laughs> I gotta get McCoy to send me files. Ah. So that's gonna take like at least six months. Yeah, well, <laughs> how do I even do that? It's like a great question that we that should is, answer. That sounds like a googling issue. Like, so, I guess I could start editing them myself. That'd be crazy. That seems like a great idea. You should do that. So that's okay. That's the first thing I'm hearing. Watch our Deadly Premonition playthroughs and then do this. That's McCoy's way to discuss this game. I also want to really briefly, McCoy, and I think actually what we should do is pivot to the review section, but I want to really briefly say that I don't agree with your point 
that culture is like losing the ability to do this. I actually think good bad things are really prevalent right now. I think there's a lot of like cringe enjoying media out there. Yeah. I think it's a big thing right now. It it might be different. Yeah, well, cringe is different. But I know you mean similar, right? But that idea of, like, look at how bad this thing is. It's so good. I think you see that a lot right now in gaming and in all all kinds of media. I think it's a big theme. So while I overall, you know, agree with your points about why this is good, bad, and why us ripping apart is part... I mean, ripping it apart is part of the joy of it existing. Like, it is fun to look at this and be like, wow, there's some huge issues here. Um, but I do, I don't think that culture has like lost that or gone away from it. If anything, I think maybe we're swerving into it. Is it? Okay, fair enough. I believe that you've seen that and that it exists. It's like, but can I ask you, like, are you sure that it is? Look at how bad this is. It's so great. Because I have just been sort of overtaken and maybe it's the fucking content rabbit holes that I'm found Mm -hmm. myself trapped in. But it's like, where it's like, this is so bad. And they're mad about it do you understand it's like the angry joe show style of thing i don't know anything about a show other than the title is literally the angry joe show that's all i need to know it's like do you know what i'm, you know what I'm saying it's like this is so bad i'm mad as opposed to this is so bad that's awesome is like such a different valence yeah i see what you mean by the reaction. distinction i'm not sure that i know enough about it to like totally discuss that distinction maybe some of our listeners do they can write in at tyranny of thumbs oh, at gmail.com wow. um tell us about the media that you consume is it think... good bad but i do i think that both exist i do think there's a lot of things that people are just angry about how bad they are which like there's a lot to be angry about right now in the world of everything sure there's a lot of bad shit out there that is just bad but i do think that a lot of the like memeing and riffing and cringe and all that stuff i think that's i think that's the good bad coming out i think there's a lot of like good i think people are also really actively trying to make good bad games i think a lot of the games that you see come out that are like trying to to prey like, on um, that like meme potential like liza penguin i'm thinking about liza penguin i would argue that's a good good game but even um oh fuck russian babushka is but bioshock um, atomic heart atomic heart i think i did that in a really clever way yeah in terms of going viral because some of it was so bad, but also so good. I I think that it's really consciously done now, probably going all the way back to, you know, probably Deadly Premonition, as Zoe started the podcast off by saying, is like the granddaddy of all of this. Sure. When people realized, holy fuck, good, bad games have the potential to become these cult classics that are huge. Yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of games that have this level of skill put into them like never see the light of day anymore mm-hmm. because they don't have the kind of funding that this game had where they had to promote it aggressively in order to try and recoup some of the cost of making it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, they definitely did that for Starfield, but... Um, <laughs> a bad, bad game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like that's just like I don't know. Like, do we thank Starfield for being a garbage fire that like we can look at and be like that's bad, or do we just like regret the time that we spent in that game? Like, well, but you I know do what think because I mean? that one's a bad, bad game that has nothing redeeming except for hopefully lessons learned. Bethesda, get it together. No, but it's actually like it's it's really <laughs> crazy too because like if you're getting down that rabbit hole, it's like 
okay so it's a bad bad game we can all acknowledge it but the, there still is value right because think about all the fucking content creators us included that get like the sick nasty points for riffing on it like in other words think fallout 76 people were launching careers off trashing that shit because yeah. that's bad bad yeah. so all these places have homes like in the sort of sphere and you're right that people are definitely trying to make games like this like they're they're trying mm -hmm. i mean our mikulski's got it down you know <laughs> i think it makes a real like he's only made i don't bad, think mikulski tries to meme <laughs> like, he does callbacks gloves in a toilet i like that in uh burn house lane yeah he's self-aware but i mean he is now but, yeah. but the thing i think i also want to mention is that there is a sequel to this game of deadly premonition that did not hit as mm -hmm. hard as the original did and if anything if anyone's going to make another deadly premonition it would be the very people that created it um and even then, playing through like the reviews that came out from the second one, they're like, some of this is just, it's not the same anymore. Or like, you know, it's just a limited cast of characters. I don't know what it is about it, but it just seems too memey now. Mm -hmm. They're leaning too far into the joke. It's like, Deadly Premonition itself is just this kind of like, I, I don't want to say flash, but, but the, just this like this shining glimmer of a moment in time it's that just hit it's the room it's like the room but in video game form you know yeah. like once the yeah. people making the game know that it's a joke mm -hmm. the joke is over yeah i do think that i be i mean i don't know that i can say this is like a totally true statement but i believe that one of the hallmarks of like good bad is that it has to be gen it's genuine like, I yeah. think most of the games that I see that are coming Ernest. out that are, like, trying to be good, bad or games are, they're trying too hard, they're too meme mm -hmm. they aren't hitting, it's such a fine line between, like, great art and this nightmare, and then something that's yeah. just truly right. bad in a way that it's, like, it just doesn't hit anything. But actually, okay, it's wait. It's so hard, and it's, I mean, even us on this podcast, sorry, McCoy, I'm steamrolling you. No, you're good. Um... Even us in this podcast are like having a hard time putting into words what makes this game on the be like in the category of good bad and not just like a toe over to either side. I think it's a really hard balance. And so I sort of wonder if you can even make this intentionally or if you have to just shoot for the stars and and, and whiff. Yeah, whiff real hard. Right. so i actually so like hard. like okay and this is just like a very hindsight is 2020 thing but if you were to tell me the narrative which we have been told and apparently this exists that the second game exists but it misses the mark of being this because it's too mimi i actually can explain to you very elegantly how that happens like and why sweary would never be able to make this again and in fact it a fan-made version of this next game is the is the way like someone else will make it but sweary will never make it it's because look at the first game and look at the amount of times they tried to do something and failed an execution right they put their sights on something and then whiffed right so now if they change their sights to trying to do what they did before they're gonna whiff on that too <laughs> do you see what i'm saying <laughs> like it, they're just so it's like they whiffed in an amazing way but someone else with a better accuracy and a, and a love and appreciation for this jank is going to be the only one who's going to be able to do that. Like it's, 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 um, and you see this and this is something really, really beautiful that happens with sort of like spiritual, like s successor issues or like, I don't know the right term for this, but like games where f people who grew up 
loving this game ended up making the best next version of it it's like you need someone with much better execution and an appreciation and an understanding that was deeper than the person who made this i feel like to truly truly do it um but yeah i think it is a i don't know if flash in the pan is the right word but that but a flash certainly and i that's also like for sweary it's the flash like the, mm-hmm. the glimmer in definitely the time, and for I the guess. industry like, when it came out like, like you said he cannot replicate that again yeah. now that he's created but it. he doesn't have to it is what it is like it's like it, it does kind of feel when you the, the example of puzzle pieces being jammed together it feels like it feels like he he just made like a dinosaur out of puzzle pieces which was not the intention of the puzzle and goes like it's art you see and like later we are like you know what i love about this dinosaur that they made i know that's ridiculous but do you see these pieces together down here they kind of fit do you see that and it's like whether it's intentional or not who knows and whether or not it's art who knows but it like is and was just way better than it ought to have been and this person was like yo like this is amazing and you're like but like there is something about it and you're not sure if it's what they were saying when they thought it was amazing the whole time but there is something like something that people were latching on to that's like beyond so yeah i mean yeah cult classic feels like the name for this cult classic like the cult classics aren't supposed to be good mm-hmm. you know what i mean so right yep sounds like we are just slowly winding our way into the review section like losing our sanity meters again like (laughs) i'd like to begin the review section with a quote okay from ign okay in 2012 Uh uh-huh deadly premonition is the definition of a system seller once you play it you'll want to go sell your system yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just Fire. sorry similar reviews it was really amazing going back and reading game reviews from 2010 and being like you guys as a civilization we have really fallen i get it as writers there's some really good lines in all of these i ign fucking hated this game i don't know who the reviewer was but like shout out they fucking hated this game But what I actually want to read before all of us stumble through our own review is the last paragraph from the Destructoid review, if that's okay. It's okay. Because I would gander a guess that this may be how a lot of us feel about this game, just because I know that we have, we've played good, bad games before, and this is often where we fall, but I think it's really beautifully said. So here we go. When we judge a game like this, how do we do it? Do we simply judge on gameplay? If so, the repetitive combat and long drives around town may very well mark it as a mediocre title. Do we judge it on story quality? If so, then we have a game that makes no sense and frequently makes light of murder and sexual deviancy. (laughs) I say a game needs to be judged by how often it made you happy, how much you laughed or became excited, yeah. and how long you spent thinking about it after it was finished. Damn. If we judge it by those standards, then Deadly Premonition, my friends, is simply stunning. Damn. That's so fucking well said. That's I, like right? that is like my Again. that's like my like spirit animal when it comes to reviewing. 
but to be honest. I, it, right. It's kind of like what I think all of us wish we sounded like during the review sections. And maybe I should have read it at the end instead of like the stark you contrast. Read it as for, your I thought <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> I really thought about that. I was like, they wouldn't know if I just read That's this. The benefit mm, we might have. I mean it's it Doesn't it's had like the you. benefit of an editing pass. Yeah. You know, we yeah. didn't really get that live. Yeah. I had that one really good review one time. You did. Where I talked about mm. the stars. Oh. Oh man, and Brandon had that one incredible review. I can't even remember. Did we record it or not? Or... <laughs> so I think we recorded we it. <laughs> what happened? Did something happen? The it was it was the council and uh yeah, McCoy, your computer crashed in the Fuck, middle. Yeah, dude. <laughs> McCoy with the tech problems again. Was that the one where Gabe was there and you just hear him like alphaing being like yes. step away? Yeah, you hear Gabe go, save. Yeah. But yeah, you, know, you hear Gabe go, hold it, save. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, and <laughs> I seem to recall that like we put that in i don't remember yeah mm-hmm. you did yeah it's in that yeah, episode well, that was a make good um all right well after that no i mean listen i think what they're trying to say is like what i aspire to be as a perspective and as like a stance towards media it's just like if it made you happy or smile or you like if you enjoyed the process of engaging with it even if what it was was not technically good then it was good because what and i think actually the modern world has like borne this out in terms of um like almost like popularity of video games where it's like the diss these days is to call something mid do you know what i mean you don't call it bad Mm -hmm. you call it mid because everybody knows with social media that we've just completely unearthed this concept that bad is plenty good when it comes to engagement and it comes to like you know tendrils in your mind so mid is the worst thing possible and this game is not mid it's polarizing so you i don't know yeah and so like i think for a lot of people that's really enjoyable and i I guess i just so it's like i I just want them to like feel supported in the concept that like so many analytical people potentially us included are going to come after you for that but like no if you enjoy it bro like that is what we are here to do, um, and I think about that constantly with, with games that are sort of more than the sum of its parts. But all right, who starts? I mean, I think you just started. Okay, I started. Um, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> this is incredibly hard to rate. Um, one thumb. I'm going to rate this one thumb because I think there is an unmistakable like difficulty in interfacing with this work in the modern day. And I do love good, bad stuff, but I think it's like I, I, someone smarter than me would have to articulate this. I can just feel that it ages poorly in, as a good, bad game. Meaning, like, some of its good-bad elements are aged a little bit out. And I don't know how to describe that. Um, But it was enjoyable, and I did like it. But I also did sort of die playing it (laughs) and watching it being played. And I don't know. All of this together comes to, like, overall, it was a positive experience. But I don't... I think the experience was like a one thumb up. Like, I'm glad I, I had it, but I 
I'm also glad it's over. Um, yeah, it feels right. And, and all I can tell you is that every other review thumb to me feels wrong. So like thumbs down could feel right, depending on your perspective. And I think we might see some of those today. Um, meh is the wrong, it's mid is not what this thing is. And then two thumbs up, that seems a little far. And then gold star, like that's for Zoe or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I just so feel dismissive. like one thumb just like, well, she could, you know, listen, she could do what she does. But I'm just saying it's for someone with, who's wearing the t-shirt. That's all I'm saying. Um, so I feel like one thumb somehow sits well with me, but I, I really do struggle to understand how to critique this game. And so I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that and say, uh, you've heard our thoughts. I do not struggle in how to critique this game. Do it, James. This is a thumbs down game. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> this Hell is yeah. a bad game. Thumbs down. But the experience of playing this game with your friends is hilarious. So it's a golden thumbs down. Beautiful. <laughs> I see this that. game is... Uh, a dumpster fire this game is is oh my god the the number of times all of us were like oh no <laughs> was just um, was too damn high like the rent it was too damn high <laughs> <laughs> um and i mean there were there were parts of this game that were just like so boring too mm -hmm. like the driving like the whole open world that's just like so fucking empty um the strange mechanics like peeking through windows that like you have to do like a loading screen to look in the window and sometimes it crashes <laughs> and the loading screen on the way and, out too. <laughs> oh my god right yeah loading screen to go in and loading screen to go back out James, can i ask you really book. quickly like okay okay so they're you're, the driving scenes are really boring yes they have the movie facts at the beginning, but then towards the end, they just decided yeah. that it was like inappropriate to have movie facts, like during the sort of like, no, they ran out of movie. Yeah, facts. yeah exactly. So like, would you prefer more movie facts yeah. in the like culmination of the story? You know, in like the yes, but <laughs> oh my god, um, and then like also like all of the scenes where you have to like follow somebody, you just go in circles. Literally. Like you follow multiple dogs and they just walk in circles. Yeah. Slowly. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. You could have skipped three quarters of this following a dog scene and just gone to where you're supposed to go. Um, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, also following women, they do that too. Um, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> Look, it's a mechanic in the game, okay? <clears throat> um, they are dead, uh, I think, for the most part. Um, God, wow. Yeah, this game. <laughs> this game is going to stick with me. Yeah. Um, you, know, it, you know, maybe in the same way that trauma sticks with you, but it's going to stick with me. I think so. Um. Yeah, so that's my review. Golden thumbs down. <laughs> Fire. Hard to fit on the spreadsheet, but I think it'll. <laughs> I think it's worth it. Um, well, it's Elena and Zoe because Zoe chose it. Yeah. 
I might, yeah, I mean, I'm in the camp of like, what the fuck rating do you give this thing? I can tell you what I think of it. I mean, this is an atrocious game. Um, and it's just like, it's, yeah, everything James said and so much more. Essentially, every part of this game is problematic and bad in some way. It's pretty astonishing. I mean, and I'm really glad, James, I was also going to point out that there are large portions of this game that are just incredibly boring. Yeah. The driving, I mean, you drive for so long. The combat is so the same for the whole, you do this exact same thing. You walk to the same corridor for hours. Um, like, it is. I don't want to die. Yeah. And that was funny <laughs> for, like, the first 20 minutes. We played 17 hours of this game and that never changes and it does um lose its last war never changes but thank you you know i think yeah, i'm gonna change my thoughts on that but no it's like there are large parts of this game that are just so boring and yet there are parts of this game that no one can argue are boring because they are insane they're it's so absurd the plot is i mean truly unique no one else could have created this. It's just a wild ride. And I think that like what I will end up landing on is that this game will be memorable. And I don't want to forever give ratings based on like if a game will be memorable because you get into a whole cam of worms where like games that are truly, truly bad are going to be memorable. Like I will never forget Starfield. But this game is going to have moments that I think stick with us as a friend group and are memeable and it's, you know, have gi- it's given something to us, this game. And so I still don't really know what that means in terms of a rating. I mean, the game right. itself, <laughs> it's right. so the hard. game itself is a really clear thumbs down. But the experience. But the experience right? of playing with all of you was fun yeah. and was like a two thumbs up experience i don't know if you like average those and you get a one thumb i don't i mean genuinely what the fuck do you do with this maybe we do all just go with the golden thumbs down but i yeah i understand why this game is a cult classic it did make me happy to play it with you guys that i'm that's i'm just gonna end there (laughs) zoe wait you have to rate though i gave it both a thumbs down and a two thumbs up and maybe a golden thumbs down what that's not allowed that's too many things like the two thumbs up gets like melted all right yeah. adam Gilded. fine i think you like yeah, squish right. it all together i think okay i think truthfully like what that review was trying to say is that you should give the review based on your experience with it yeah I mean, you don't have to listen to him, but that's like the stance of that. Oh, you mean the one that I read earlier? Yeah, the one that you read. Yeah, but he didn't give a thumb at the end, so I don't know what to do. No, no, no. So he was suggesting that it was the two thumbs up, which is your experience playing with us. All right, fine. It's a two thumbs up. Wow. I could have said anything there, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I mean, and, and right, it does get squirrely, right, in the sense of we can kind of buff a lot of games by playing it together. But that's the problem. I mean, that's but, the but, problem. But if, that... if you want to know the rating for the game, it's a thumbs down. But the rating for our experience, two thumbs up. But if you're just going to pull this game out dry and play it by yourself, it's going to be a thumbs down. Well, but <laughs> maybe. Depends on who you are for sure. But like, yeah, like if, if you're coming at it critically i don't know but this game does feel like especially in the youtuber craze like it feels like it's meant for the way it was played 
I think it's meant to be played socially. So then, then it doesn't seem like bad to rate it socially. So it's like yeah. Okay, wait, hold up. I'm giving it a two thumbs up. Hmm. We're just going with it. Hmm. Zoe, thoughts, comments, concerns <laughs> about Deadly Temp Premonition. <laughs> I mean, I I want to first underscore. I think this is absolutely lovely that for a game that has the Guinness World Record for being the most divisive game in Survivor <laughs> horror, horror uh, game, like I love how divide like divided we all are in terms of just trying to rate this thing in one way or another as well as just divided in opinion amongst like you know member to member so I, I don't know i think that's lovely i think that's exactly what i expected from a game like this and just the payoff is just ugh, it's it's great <laughs> um, i think so so this is interesting because we just heard three reviews from people who have experienced this game for the first time. I'm on like my 50th viewing of this <laughs> game or something like that. I don't know. It's it's not that many, but it's certainly up there. Um, this game is certainly at this point in time cult status for me in that you do exactly what you do for movies like The Room or like Rocky Horror or anything. It's a cult classic where the whole point is the social aspect to just go in and rip something to shreds. There's the memeable moments, there's the quotable moments. And I think given that this has been, you know, I, I was first introduced to Deadly Premonition, I think about like four or five years ago, um, watching a playthrough of it. And I think, it's it's a very interesting thing because I think, yeah, playing it for the first time, it's true. Like, this is an atrocious game. It plays awfully. The shooting corridors are just, like, monotonous and boring. Um, all of the zombie lines, you've heard one, you've heard them all. It gets very boring after a bit. Um, the pacing is really slow in some areas. Some of the cutscenes just linger for like what feels like hours when really it's just like maybe a 20 second pause, but that's 20 seconds too many. That's like 15 TikToks um, at least. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, uh, it, and so it's interesting because, like, I think at this point, this game has aged in my mind where now. All I focus on are its what I consider to be its best moments. It's it's more hilarious hilarious moments, and the parts that are monotonous, like chase sequences that go in circles, um, and some of the slower paced stuff, like that has now kind of it's faded in the back of my mind as more of an afterthought now because my focus is just always forward at when that next like you know next hilarious drop is knowing when that inappropriate music is gonna come in all of a sudden as a guy's talking about murder and there's a whistle tune in the background yeah. like that is always like where i'm at my focus with and so, yeah, I think a lot of the things that uh, people found annoying with this were just things I was able to maybe shrug off more because this is my fifth time watching this game, really. And because this game has achieved it, that cult status to me, I mean, to me, it makes complete sense to give this a gold star, like, no questions asked. Like, this was everything I wanted in a group playthrough, 
And it's just, it is a game that I am just affected by and marvel at. And at the end of the day, I just really like weird games. I love games that push the envelope and just really challenge what it is to be a video game. I love creative decisions that seem really, like, bizarre. Again, there's very few games where I question, like, where I want to be a fly on the wall at the developer meeting and just see what the fuck the intention was here. But, like, this is one where I just, I need, like, a dev diaries or something. My god, like, it's just something I crave. And I wonder often why I do that with a game like De Deadly Premonition, whereas a game like Atomic Heart, I, you know, gave it a thumbs down being, or I think I give it a mad at the end, just being like, yeah, it went to Bonkers Town. I don't know. It was just, eh. And I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it just seems in some ways so intentionally bad in some aspects and then so mistakenly bad in other aspects. And it just makes this... Nice little ball of what the fuck that I have just now, you know, held close to me and have loved and cherished all these years. And I think that's why it becomes a gold star. Like, it's just, it's my golden piece of what the fuck. So gold star for me at the end of the day. Very nice. Nice. Very nice. I think that that explains a lot. And it's, um, I think if you think about her sort of lore, right, like think about finding something like this doesn't just mean you found like a game that you get to play and go what the fuck at it means you found a game that you get to play and go what the fuck at and then you get to watch so many different flavors of what the fuck afterwards of just different people reacting to that it's like you've unlocked like a tree of of different reactions of content to pursue over the rest yes. of your it's like outer mm -hmm. wilds like, I will don't, seek out Outer Wilds playthroughs to get the Dark Empire notes out of that back. Hold up. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> I, it, it is the same way in which I seek out Outer Wilds playthroughs to see the wonderment and excitement of people unlocking knowledge in that game. And it's like, it, it is in parallel, I guess, with me seeking out other people's first times experiences with Deadly Premonition, whereas they're not unlocking knowledge and wonder, but they're unlocking horror and ter being terrified and also questioning their friendship with me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's lovely. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> and I and I bet you this has some, some of the real legendary like playthrough content around. Like I bet you like some really, you know, when you think of like, I, I guess at this point, like the example of legendary playthrough content to me is, uh, fuck, I forget her name, but so you'll get this in a second. The lady who like watches the rabbit die in Last of Us. Oh yeah, yes, Mega it's like Oryx, it's like yeah. it's like that clip is like, it's you're like, ah, oh, like this is what playthroughs are for. It's just like that f you can just feel through the screen their reaction to the game, and I bet you this this game has a lot of that from a lot of different people, and mm -hmm. you can. Like, just as you, like, cruise through the world of, like, content creators that you know about, you might be like, oh, they have a Deadly Premonition playthrough. No fucking way. Like, oh, that's really exciting. Like, like it just adds a layer. Um, but what I will, you know. And I just want to <laughs> thank all of you for sticking with it. I know it wasn't easy. 
but I I promise you, like, or I mean, I guess I won't promise. It's not a guarantee. But I just hope someday, you know, you'll be doing something around the house or something, and then you'll go, like, amazing or something, and then just chuckle to yourself and be like, that was a fucking game, right? Like, well, I mean, that was. And that That is going to happen. I know that for sure, because <laughs> I think after all of this is done and we're getting quite close to it, I think we're all going to change into something that we might look a little better in. <laughs> What's that fucking line? <laughs> like, God, she'd really look be, a little better at these. Yeah, she'd be wearing something a little more flattering. Yeah, like, he's just talking about Emily's, like, she's in a copy uniform, which, by the way, is, like, especially in this era, like, one of the fetishes out there. <laughs> and he's just like, I think she'd look a lot better in something else, which just, to the modern day, is so hilarious to just so blatantly say about a woman. Just imagine saying that. Just imagine... Anyways, um, I really did a bad job with that, but in my head, I was trying to figure out how I could could shoehorn that reference in. Fuck. Yeah. Well, you shoehorned it. <laughs> yeah, I should have used a shoehorn. Um, anything else? Or did we do it? I think we can finally put Deadly Premonition to bed. Yeah, we fucking more. did it. <laughs> it's amazing that, like, I will say, like, two of the things now that we sort of are famous for, or at least, like, that have become rituals or, like, habits or things we continue to do on this podcast is scary games to torture James, and then it's good bad games to torture James. It's like, do we have a genre that James doesn't hate? Like, is that secretly the flavor? And then we tell him we're not going to play Disco Elysium. <laughs> and then just literally just denial that. of James. Like, like why are, why are we just torturing James to death on everything? It's like, that's, like, our favorite flavor, apparently. And I will say... Because it's funny, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll analyze that. Um... <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's get out of here. Yep. Ugh. All right. Well, let's do a oh, clap wow. outro. Oh, shit. When we're ready. All right. We'll do a clap outro in three, two, one. <laughs>